Yeah. So, hey, everybody. Um, it's David out here with uh, our new donor engagement coordinator for Common Power. Um, but it's been a little while since I've done a podcast, so let me just reorient you. That's a bus going by, everybody. <laughs> so welcome back to the regular the regular ambiance of the podcast. Um, we're going to fire up and get the podcast going again on a regular basis. And uh, one of the ways we're going to do that is is by bringing in a great new colleague um, who's we just hired not long ago, who's going to be taking over the podcast on a regular basis. I'll still be here often, but she's going to be the kind of regular host to it. I um, mean, it's our new donor engagement coordinator, um, Julia G. And uh, in her role, she works with everybody who's kind of involved in the CP community. That certainly are people who are donating to support us, but it also includes all kinds of volunteers and supporters and people who come to educational events, some of our incoming leadership, younger leadership folks. Um, so this is a chance, this podcast right here, this, this episode, just to meet Julia, um, for us to talk a little bit. We're sitting on a bench here. Um, and so part of Julia, part of uh, the notion is people can't see what we can see, so we have to describe what we can see. So we'll do that a little bit as we go. All right. So um, I want to introduce you, and, and and maybe Julia, you could um, um, tell us where we're sitting right now, generally, and describe what you can see. Okay. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Julia G. I am the new donor engagement coordinator for Common Power. It is really nice to meet you all via podcast and my voice. Right now, we're sitting at, on a park bench in Cohen Park by the in the Ravenna neighborhood. Um, I'm looking at the Cohen Park grocery right across from me. There's a pair of friends sitting together. There's like a dog. Um, I see a giant Costco delivery truck and some beautiful trees in the area as well. The park is looking very lush and green this morning. It's a little overcast, but it's quite beautiful. You can hold on to it. That's okay. Cool. We'll get All used right. to it. All right. Um, it's a, it's, it feels like it's getting a little warmer because it was a little chillier there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 It, it definitely felt pretty cold this morning, but it's definitely warming up a bit now. And it is uh, August uh, 18th. Yes. August 8th, 17th. 17th. It is the 17th, 2021. And um, uh, Julia made the very smart observation right off the bat before we started. She's like, do we want to go to a quieter place and sit down? And I said to her, no, no, this is, this is exactly the way the podcast is. I just sit out in public or I'm walking out in public and background noise is all part of it. And so Julia may change that as she moves forward. <laughs> she might have higher standards for this podcast. But that's been the way it's been. So that was nice of you just to stay right here. Um, so Julia, um, you are our new donor engagement coordinator. So let's 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 meet you a little bit, okay? Um, so let's start with um, where you were, where you grew up, and where you went to school, okay? All right. So I was born in Seattle at the University of Washington Medical Center, right. the same place where I went to university. Um, I grew up in West Seattle. Oh, I grew up in West Seattle, the kind of more south part of West Seattle towards White Center, South Park, kind of like Westwood Village kind of area. Uh, I went to elementary school at Lafayette up in Admiral. I went to Madison Middle School up in Admiral as well. And then 
Chief South High School by my house, and then finally the University of Washington, Seattle. So pretty much born and raised Seattleite, I've stayed here my entire life. What, what were some of the things that you enjoyed doing outside of school as you were growing up? Any, any music or sports or art or anything? Yeah, so um, growing up from a really young age, my dad was maintaining a garden at our house. Mm. Um, my dad's always been into plants, gardening. Um, I think because in China, like a lot of the urban cities are a lot of concrete. It's not a lot of garden. So my dad's always dreamt of having a garden of his own. So growing up, I was always outside in the dirt. Um, no gloves, just hands, bare hands in the dirt. So I helped my dad out a lot with weeding. I remember one summer, there was a lot of weeds around the garden. And my dad was like, for every weed you get, I'll pay you 25 cents, give you a quarter, and you can go down and buy yourself some candy at the gas station. So uh, a lot of I spent a lot of time outdoors in the dirt. Um, and then growing up a little more, I ran track and field in high school. I was also a cross-country runner, so mm. spent a lot of time during the summers getting really tan, running around Seattle. Um, and most recently, I've gotten really into a bit of biking. Mm. I learned how to bike during the summer of 2020 when COVID hit because I never learned how to bike growing up. And I did the whole Lake Washington loop, which was kind of insane of me as a new biker, but I did it and I felt like I was going to pass out after. But yeah, definitely a lot of time spent outdoors. Um, you mentioned there your father growing up in China. So you want to talk about your kind of family a little bit? Yeah, so I have mom and a dad and then an older brother who's three years older um, my parents were born and raised in china my dad's from shanghai and my mom's from a town little east of shanghai called oh wait sorry little west of shanghai called hefei um, and they immigrated here to the u.s in their mid-20s to come to to go to college here and my brother and i were born here did they know each other before they came here your parents yeah, so my parents met in college. Uh, it was a foreign language college in Guangzhou, China. And that's that's how they met. My mom was studying English and my dad was studying German. And they fell in love on a long distance train. And <laughs> my mom decided she wanted to come to college in the U.S. for a better life. And uh, they were long distance for many years. My dad would send her letters every day, big plushy bears in the mail. And eventually my dad followed her here to the U.S., ending up in New York, waitressing for a few years in the Bronx, and then eventually meeting up with her a little bit in Mississippi, North Dakota, and eventually Seattle. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, but you were born in Seattle, and so you've lived here in Seattle um, all this time. Did you ever think about going to college elsewhere? Um, I went to college early. I went to the University of Washington at the age of 16. I did an early entrance college program called the Robinson Center for Young Scholars. It's called UW Academy. Um, I did think about going to college elsewhere. I considered Ivy League schools because, you know, I like to shoot for the stars. Uh, I considered Harvard, considered Stanford, but inevitably I decided to, you know, go to college early and go to an in-state school as well. Okay. Um so one of the things that people will note about you right away when they meet you or they uh, see you on Zooms or anything is you're younger, okay? So you're you're 20, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I'm 20. Okay. And you just graduated from UW, right? Yeah, I just graduated from UW in June. Okay. So I want to uh, take on that question in a 
in a little bit of a substantive way right now. So one of the realities of, of being involved in the work that we do at CP is we are totally invested in building and supporting next generation leaders. You're one of those for sure. Um, so you, you are a bullseye for that. When we talk about donor work though, it's sometimes being a little bit older has this value because like you, you understand how hard people work for their money and what it means to give support and all of that. So one of the things that you and I talked a bit about when we were interviewing you was that reality of, Hey, you're, I, I had to get past a little bit of your, your youngerness. I'm not going to call it youth, but your youngerness. Um, and, and I was really impressed impressed and persuaded by your kind of maturity. You're like an older soul for your age. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about being 20 and how it's part of who you are and it's not a weakness in this job for you. And it's, it's part of, part of how you've probably always been younger in whatever you've done. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think going to college early at 16, I have very much always been part of that younger age bracket. So it's kind of something that I've gotten used to. And, you know, going to college at such a young age, I think builds a certain kind of maturity compared to my peers, um, just because I had to grow up a lot faster, you know, being in class with a bunch of 18 year olds, 20 year olds, 22 year olds, it just makes you mature and grow up a lot faster. Um, I definitely do not see my age as a weakness in my job. It's, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, it's part of my identity. It's part of who I am. But in bringing my younger age to this job, um, I think that I'm able to reflect kind of the next generation leadership that Common Power is investing in and pretty much be like a living, breathing product of, you know, the kind of leaders that Common Power wants to invest in. Um, and I think talking with some donors who are older, I think when they speak with me, they're able to see, like physically see a sort of hope that is manifested. Um, you know, I'm going to be taking on, or people in my age group are going to be the next, you know, the next Obama or the next presidents or the next Jay Inslee's. And, and I think seeing, when donors see me being engaged from such a young age, I think it's, I think it brings them a lot of hope and in, like hope for the future as well. So I definitely don't see my, my, my youth, my youngness as a weakness um, is something I'm proud of. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool to be engaged in this kind of work at a really young age. It's different. I think it sets me apart from, sets me and Common Power apart from other organizations. I, I totally am completely uh, persuaded that, that you may be younger in a, a, like chronological age or whatever, like what's the biological age? I'm not sure, but that, you are a really, really thoughtful, mature person. And so I'm really, uh, that's why we hired you. So I, I uh, want to ask you a little bit about, um, about it, you, your journey into common power. Okay. Um, so I think I asked you at one of our conversations, yeah, I think we were on a phone bank at the time. Had you ever done any of this work before? Okay. So before you get to common power, what has been your kind of experience in a broader civic space? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. So before Common Power, um, 
at the UW, I engaged in quite a few different internships um, relating to like politics. I was a Borgen project intern where I was a political affairs intern. I basically did a lot of research on like local bo- uh, local laws and legislation that was being passed. Um, I advocated for certain bills. I wrote a lot of letters and emails and I called my local representative. So I that was my first taste of like civic engagement, but uh, it wasn't really until Action Academy in the summer of 2020 under Common Power, where I got a lot of more exposure to phone banking and the civic space. So you applied to our what what, what, what has become a signature um, leadership development program, an on ramp for college students. We Action Academy, headed up by Larcy Douglas, now joined by a new colleague we've hired, Sasha Lee, as well. Uh, ben Trong has been a big part of that too. Those three have been running that program. Um, you came into that program last year in 2020, right? Which was our very first cohort. Um, and so why did you apply and what what was, what did you get out of it? Well, with COVID-19 really hitting the peak in summer of 2020, a lot of internships and jobs were kind of closed down. Um, and it was the summer going into my senior year of college. I really wanted to do something productive with my summer. Um, and I've always... You know, in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I found myself getting more politically engaged, especially with the presidency of Trump as well. Um, It's just I had these feelings starting to build up inside me where I was like, I really can't just sit back anymore. I need to take action. I want to better this country. I want to protect my community. Um, I want to protect my family and friends. I want to protect myself. So um, Action Academy came to me one day kind of just in a magical email from my advisor saying like, hey, like, Join this 10-week program to learn about voting rights, learn about voting history. Um, we are prioritizing Gen Z. And I, it was, it was pretty, pretty like a stroke of luck. I, I applied. I saw the email on the last day of the deadline. And I applied like mm. right before the deadline. And later on, I got accepted. And I found out there's a stipend as well. So this opportunity helped me, you know, kind of provide for myself financially a little bit more, and then also get to engage in this political kind of civic engagement space as well. Okay. So that was in 2020 and you went through it 10 weeks and all of that. And, uh, you know, the, the way we conceive of Action Academy is that most people will go through it and most will return to whatever they were doing, but with new knowledge, new inspiration. Um, but then there's a some chunk of them that say, I want to continue if there's a possibility for further engagement with common power. And you were one of them. In fact, if I recall correctly, Larcy said that before like Action Academy was even over, you were asking her like, what more can I do? Can I do stuff? Um, and so you, one of the traits that has defined you is that you have pursued opportunities with common power. And so can you just take us through those opportunities that, and then like step by step to this? Yeah, absolutely. So after, uh, during the Action Academy graduation, um, I was kind of looking at my screen a bit and I was like, is there more? And I was like, I'm, I'm really not ready for this program to end because like Larcy is such a great role model. She's so inspirational. I love the way that she, you know, really prioritized like youth and younger people. Um, so I, I emailed her in the middle of the graduation session. I said, hey, like I loved Action Academy. Um, I know graduation isn't over, but I'm, I, I want to know, like, is there more? 
And then Larcy replied and she's like, absolutely, absolutely. There's always more. We're always going to make space for you. And that led me to be engaged in sending postcards to Georgia. Um, we sent post postcards to Cobb County, Georgia, to support the Democrats there. And then after that, um, I I was kind of like, is, is there more? <laughs> Once again, is there more? And I found out that there's going to be an Action Academy cohort for spring 2021. And oops, sorry, there's a bus going by. Um, <laughs> I applied to be a crew lead for the spring cohort of Action Academy. And after that, it was kind of just um, it was almost like um, like a rolling ball that just kept like a snowball that kept like growing, growing. Um, and that led me to being a crew lead for Action Academy for summer. And then also I became a Team Texas State lead where I led the group of the Fab Five and we helped support elections in Fort Worth and the Louisville Independent School District. Okay, that, that, uh, that gets us all the way to um, basically uh, July, and, and you were a, a lead of our cohort for this year, not only in spring, but also in summer, because we did a second cohort for Action Academy, um, and that went all the way to the end of July. Um, and so at that point in time, you know, you're graduated from UW, you're finishing up at Action Academy, and um, you were about to begin a job search, right? And we came to you and said, hey, Julia, we have this position. We'd really love if you might consider taking a look at it. And uh, so I want to ask you a little bit about the journey into donor engagement coordinator now. Um, because you and I met at this park about a month ago and talked. And I think that was the first time I I started to like, I introduced to you the idea like there's this position that we're working on and we don't have it polished up yet, but we're thinking about it. And you probably hadn't been thinking about a career in donor work. Okay. You probably hadn't, but, um, and so I started to ask you to think about it and, and you took a, you did, and you sent some thoughts to me. So, what was the journey into it? And now we're, you're now been in the job for three weeks, I think in the position. So can you just help us to think about your mental, um, pathway journey into becoming donor engagement coordinator with us? Yeah, absolutely. So after I graduated from the university of Washington back in June, I, I did begin the really difficult process of looking for a full-time job. Um, my first thoughts were to look at the opportunities that I was already pursuing, which were one common power. And then I was also a legal assistant at a law firm up in Northgate. Um, so I was, I, so this opportunity kind of came to me after our conversation, David, um, of donor engagement coordinator. And I think you're right. Like I didn't, magically like immediately envisioned myself as um, pursuing a career in donor relations but the more I thought about it the more you described the job and the responsibilities that came along with it being creative being good at talking to people um, being responsible being detail oriented um, a lot of my work is databases and people so for me after a while I started thinking like wow you know what I think this job would suit me very well. And I started talking about it with my, my mom and my dad. I started talking about it with my partner and friends. And I brought up the idea and all of them were like, hey, you know what? Actually, I think you'd be great at that job. And I'd be like, well, why? And they're like, I don't know. I just think you'd be great at that job. And then 
you know, over time, I just I started to envision myself as like donor engagement coordinator more and more. And I realized that, you know, a lot of my skill sets, a lot of my experience, my abilities really match the job. Oh, sorry. There's a <laughs> there's a big truck. Give us a moment as it pass. Okay. Anyways, over time, I realized that this job would suit me quite well and I could do this job well too. Um, so that's kind of how I came to donor engagement coordinator. Um, also during the process, like I spoke a lot with, you know, I spoke a lot honestly and clearly with some of Common Power's leadership as well, where they're like, mm. is this job the right fit for your career? Is this a job, something you really want to do? And after those really candid conversations, I still at the end of the day felt that this job was right for me and that I could do this job well. So that's that's how I arrived at Common Power and Donor Engagement Coordinator. And you heard from me in that time, um, and I'm talking to you, Julia, but also to the people who are listening to this podcast. You heard from me at that time talk about the importance of integrity in this position, of being honest about who we are as an organization, who we are as people, uh, a commitment to always stewarding and taking care of the finances that people give to us, about the uh, importance of um, following through when we say we're going to contact people. Um, because when, when we ask people to volunteer with us or to support us at Common Power, we make a commitment to, to them, to everybody. Um, and I take that commitment so darn seriously. Um, if someone calls us, I'm calling them back. If someone emails, I'm responding. Um, if someone texts, I'm responding. If someone asks to meet because they have a question, a concern, an idea, that's great. In fact, in about 15 minutes, you and I are going to meet with uh, one of our supporters here in a few minutes and because they have a couple ideas and we want to hear them. So you heard all of that from me and I, I kind of said it pretty strong because I wanted you to, to know that like, Hey, Julia, we're just getting to meet each other. I want you to know that. And, um, it was, I, I wanted you to feel like the, the importance of that from me. Then I know that from Charles and from Larcy, you also got some of that too. Um, in which, and they also added to you the fact that, um, look, David may say that he's pretty like informal about things, but these relationships really, really matter to him. Okay. So I, I want, uh, all of you that are listening to this to know that, uh, Julia has completely convinced me that she brings those attributes to this body of work. And she convinced me before we hired her. And now three weeks into this job, I'm seeing it. All right. She's following up on pieces. She's got ideas. She is an intuiting all the right to things to do. She's meeting with people. She's got ideas. She's got drive. Um, when I ask her to take care of something, she is on it. All right. And so I, I just love that about the, the kind of way you show up at this job, Julia. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for all the kind words, David. Um, I understand coming into the, this position at such a young age, I feel a lot of responsibility placed on my shoulders. I know these relationships are very important, not only to Common Power, but to David personally. Um, I recognize that and I, <clears throat> I value that. So I 
I take these relationships and my job responsibility, my sorry, I take these relationships and I take these job responsibilities very seriously. And I am always doing my utmost best to improve. Yeah, you, you are, you already are doing great. Um, so let's end this, this little introductory podcast by talking a little bit about, um, a couple, what's a couple goofy things about Julia. If we were to meet your family and I will meet them at some point, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Your brother or your parents or your partner or your friends, what would they say out of love? They would say this very warmly about you. That is a goofy thing about Julia. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that I can't park for the life of me. <laughs> Actually, today I drove here to Cohen Park in my car and I was contemplating for a good 10, 15 minutes of whether to walk here for 10 minutes or drive a, a short three minute drive. And I was like, oh, I, I really don't want to park in front of David because I, I think he's going to make fun of me and it's going to look really bad on me. Um, the other day, I actually, I Venmoed my friend to park for me in front of my house because I couldn't do it. <laughs> I Venmoed them $5. I was like, can you please park for me? I'll pay you $5. <laughs> so that is, that's probably the goofiest thing. Um, yeah, I have a backup camera and everything, but I still, I still just, cannot for the life of me park <laughs> that is awesome that's awesome um you parked just fine you pulled right up it was all good you, well you had the advantage of like there was you pulled up behind cars there was nobody there right um that was so you know i wouldn't have known well the good thing about the spot that i parked in today it wasn't parallel parking i drove right in so that's my favorite kind of parking spot is when you can drive right in um there's no like I have, I don't have to move the wheel. I just drive right in. So I got pretty lucky today. So why did you want to work with common power? Let's end with this. Why did you want to work with common powers? I, under, I appreciate you talking about why you want to do this kind of job, donor engagement coordinator. Um, there's also a decision of what organization you work with, right? And you have not only taken this job, you have pursued opportunities with us pretty relentlessly. And we love that. We dig that. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, there's there's some reasons there that you have. So what are those? Uh, I think at the end of the day, when I think about what I want to do with my life, it always comes back to this core of I want to make the world a little bit better. And, you know, growing up, you know, as a woman of color, I feel like issues of race and privilege and power have always you know, impacted my everyday experiences, uh, definitely impacted my identity, the opportunities that I get. And for me, growing up with such a heightened sense of, you know, race, power, privilege, I want to make America a better country for people that look like me and communities that are underserved, um, communities that are not seen. And so for me, Common Power and its mission of you know, promoting voting rights across America, increasing the access to vote, that is really meaningful to me. And also Common Power's mission to uplift next generation voices, people of color, <clears throat> people who are marginalized. Um, I think that really strikes a chord with me and my life mission and kind of making the world a little bit better, one action at a time. That's great. That's so, that's inspiring to me to hear you talk about that. 
Um, that's been one of the cool things for me in our short amount of time working together is that uh, I am taking away from our conversations, our meetings, our interactions, great energy. That's really cool. That's really, I dig that. Because um, I pour it out to people. And I, so I need to get it replenished too. So it's awesome. Um, so we're going to uh, start to have you host these podcasts. Okay. And I'm going to come in regularly to talk about politics. and But you're also going to bring in Charles and AJ and Larcy and others, Hibar, new state teams program manager. Um, you're going to bring in some volunteers, some, some donors, and you're going to talk with them. Um, and I want to turn this space into a place where there's still a high political and strategic dimension to how we're doing common power, but that you, Julia, become uh, a face of this in a way that's awesome. So how you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled to do that. I've done podcasts in the past, so I'm really excited to bring some guests on. I would love to bring on some CP volunteers, some of our staff members, and especially some of our donors as well, just to hear them talk and get to know them a little bit better. And yeah, I'm really excited to run this podcast. So thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, totally. So folks, you can all bank on the fact that we're going to be doing regular podcasts a couple times a week um, from this point going forward. And uh, when we get to political uh, crucible moments, um, we will do it more often than that, like we did at, in, at the end of 2020. Um, and you can bank on it, I'm sure. Uh, you can bank on the podcast getting more uh, polished uh, with Julia and also uh, a range of topics, all of them relevant to CP. Um, so we need you, community. This part of what defines common power is is our community of volunteers, of supporters, of donors, of staff. We need everybody. Um, so please join me in welcoming Julia, um, Julia G. Her email is julia at commonpower.org. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't connected with Julia, send her a little note. Let her know you heard her on the podcast. You're excited to have her um, and she'll be responsive to you. And we'll, we're going we're gonna to move forward. We're excited. This is awesome. Yeah. So... We, uh, uh, we, one of the things Charles and I, the way we used to end our podcast would be like, we'd say, let's get back to work. Let's get back to work. So you ready to get back to work, Julia? Yeah, let's get back to work. Okay. Awesome. All right. Going to close it up here.